Hello, welcome back to the Scouted Football Podcast. The big news in the world of football is, of course, a glorious return. And no, it's not Jose Mourinho back in Premier League management, but it is the return of the Scouted Football Handbooks. It is that time of year and it is upon us. We are releasing Volume 4 and just in time for Christmas because we're thoughtful like that. Uh, as ever, I am your host, Joe Donoghue, and to celebrate the release, I'm joined by both of Scouted Football's co-founders, Tom Curran and Steve Ganavis. We're in esteemed company today. Gents, how, how are we both doing? Doing very well, thank you, Joe. Thanks so much for having me. It's a real honour. Pleasure to be here as always. Fantastic, fantastic. Well, with today's episode, we're thinking that it's probably best to do a volume four uh, episode launch. Um, so we're going to talk about our cover star, about completing the set and a bit of an overview uh, over the last three volumes and, and, and the players that myself and Steve have profiled, as well as uh, a bit more information on how you can get volume four, as well as brand new feature that, that we've got that we uh, were recommended by some feedback. It's a, it's a player to watch in the next two or three weeks, as in someone who's maybe got good fixtures or someone who's just been in very good form. But yeah, looking forward to uh, to getting kicked off. And this is the Scouted Football Podcast. So our cover star for Volume 4 is Victor Osimhen, uh, the Lille striker and Nigerian international. And he's looking pretty cool on the cover. Um, Steve, I mean, was there any was there any diligent thought behind putting putting Osimhen on the cover? Not particularly, but uh, over the last 12 months or so, he's really come to the fore, scoring bags of goals, first in uh, in Belgium and now at Lille and, and, and doing the same thing for, for the Nigerian national team. He's got an awesome aesthetic plays for a cool team. Lil got a lot of uh, exciting young players and uh, there's a couple in uh, in this edition of the of the handbook. And yeah, and the, the the cover fits in perfectly with the with the rest of the set by a uh, good friend Fed and the work as well inside the book by by Carl looks awesome. And so now I've got a full set of four books with the 1 2 3 4 hand signs and uh, yeah, it's pretty exciting to see them all stacked up next to each other. Yeah, I was just mentioning to to you before we before we started recording, Steve. That I didn't even realize that that it was the the, the one, two, three, four hand signals until the third volume. And I was looking at Diego Lamias on on the front cover of the first, and I was looking at uh, Paqueta on the on the third, and I was like, "Hold on, does that mean that Juan Bissaka is doing doing holding up a bit of a peace sign?" And lo and behold, yes, I was very slow to cotton onto that, but yeah, it's a nice aesthetic, and as you're saying, it's it's great work from Fed and from Carl and. And obviously from all, all the contributors as well. But yeah, very happy, very pleased to have Victor Osimhen on the front and I think, uh, think he's a very fitting cover star for, for sure. So yeah, we're back with another 25 players, seven defenders, 10 midfielders, seven attackers and a goalkeeper. Uh, some headline names. Big Erling Haaland is in. Finally got him in, scoring bags of goals. Uh, Ricardo Ossolini up front as well, uh, having a great season so far at Bologna and one of the the top uh, ex, uh, XA contributors in Serie A. A few other highlights from midfield. Mohamed Ihatarin from from PSV has just gone bananas this year uh, in his first real professional season uh, in the Netherlands, killing it. Uh, and then uh, Calvin Phillips at, at Leeds doing the business as well uh, in the championship as they push for promotion. Uh, in defence, Fukayo Tomori has excelled for Chelsea this year when given an opportunity. Uh, and Mary Demiral, not getting opportunities at Juventus, but uh, as soon as he dons the the turkey gear, uh, he's an absolute clean sheet machine. So uh, plenty of awesome names in there. 
notice uh, you, you've profiled a, a couple of them in there, Joe. Yeah, I've, I've I've profiled a couple in there. Two two of those that you just mentioned, uh, they're Moi Hatterin and uh, and Erling Holland as well. Um, both players that, I mean, as you're saying, have pretty much just gone bananas in their respective leagues this season. Holland, obviously, being the one who's been much more high profile, uh, and therefore it was kind of a, it was a kind of a no brainer to to have him in in the fourth volume because he has just been excellent and he has he's excelled and he's obviously got that aesthetic as well that. You know, we just had to we just had to get him drawn up by Carl for for one of the illustrations inside the book, um, but yeah, he was really fun to write about because it meant watching a lot of his games, and he's a great player to watch. And the same with Ihataran because you know he's still seventeen and he, he plays with just this low sock aesthetic, just this nonchalance when he's when he's on the ball, loves picking up from deep and and, and bringing the likes of Daniel Marlin into play, and he's a, he's a key factor in in why. Uh, Marlon's been able to score so many goals already this season, um, but yeah, I mean, in, in terms of your profiles as well in there, Steve. I mean, you've got a, you've got a couple as well, haven't you? Yeah, so I've uh, profiled Ricardo Solino, who I talked about uh, before, killing it in the last twelve months or so uh, since he's been at at Bologna under Mihailovic. He's he's taking his game to a new level. As I said, ex- expected assist leader in Serie A, just scored his first goal in his first cap for for Italy the other day. Uh, hopefully, will uh, work his way into the into the team for for the Euros, and then Demiral, as I said, hasn't got a look in at Juventus, but he is just an absolute beast of a human being. He's enormous, uh, impossible for for attackers to get past him when he when he sticks his uh, big arms out and starts blocking and and just doing everything he can to to get himself in the way of the ball. Um, so yeah, really really happy with them. I think they're a good addition to the book and. Uh, Hopefully everyone else is looking forward to reading them. So we've pretty much completed the set then for, for 2019, volume one through four, uh, four soon to be available. Um, Tom, we've got you on this part as a special guest today. Uh, I mean, just just how, what is that, what is that feeling like? And, and sort of what, what have you been pleased about with, with sort of the year that, that we've had? Uh, yeah, it's really cool, man. It's been so exciting to see people take to it. Um and really exciting to see our kind of internal progress as well from one through four. I think if people have stuck with us since the start of the year, they've seen a really cool improvement in, you know, the writing, the editing, the design, everything um, across the four books. Um, so just a massive thanks to everyone for sticking with us, really. It's really cool to be able to bring independent print journalism to market in a, you know, a world which is for all intents and purposes, saying that's dead. Um, so I think we're proving people wrong in some regard, which is really cool. Um, and then in terms of completing the set, you know, in one way it's a, a finish to the year, but in another it's the start of a, a really cool beginning for us because we're not planning on ending this anytime soon. Um, we've been doing handbooks in some form for, this will be the end of the fourth year now, um, and so for the first three years, Steve and I worked on them pretty intensely as like free ebooks and, you know, to, to see the development from 2015, which was our first one to now is incredible and to think that we're still doing it and, and not just still doing it, but having them in print and having that as its own little journey is dope. Yeah. So I think, uh, yeah, it's crazy that we've been doing it since for that long, um, especially, yeah, the, the first uh, ebooks doing pretty much a hundred players and and 
and dropping it all at once was just crazy. It was very uh, life-consuming pretty much for about a month plus before we uh, released it. But yeah, I think I don't know, there's definitely a lot of um, aspiring young journalists that, that follow the page and and uh, and love our content. And um, I think it's kind of just shows that you just keep keep pushing and, and working away at your ideas and, and, and start early as well. Uh, we were 16, 17. Uh, well, I was I think I was 16 or 17 when uh, we first started really doing this and, and you know, you keep going at it for five, six years and, and you can really build, build up something that you're yeah, really proud of and in our case uh, start taking it further and, and putting together uh, a print and a magazine of, of uh, a product that, yeah, we're really happy with. Yeah, you guys, you both mentioned sort of like the um, the 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 development in, in in terms of the quality from from volume one in, even in this year. But I just want to take it back to like the even just like the designs and stuff in 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 the first ebook and stuff. We've all kind of learned as we've as we've gone on, um, sort of how to how to do things, how to make things look better, a bit more aesthetic, and and that sort of thing. And yeah, it's 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 a nice it's a nice feeling to to have completed the set for 2019 but as tom was saying you know it's it's not something that we're that we're we're happy to have achieved and and that's it you know we're, we're going to keep going we're going to keep doing it and the reason we keep doing it is because the, you know the demand for it is there and and we we love what we do and we love trying to to bring sort of that that analysis and that insight to to people wherever they wherever they may be and you know i mean for me personally that's why that's why i wanted to get involved in the first place because I know you'll both echo this sentiment, but who doesn't love storytelling? If it can combine with an element that you know we've all held close to our hearts, combine it with football, then what more could you want? So that's kind of a, a background of of scouted really, and and yeah, it's it, it's nice to to be in a position where we are now, but we wouldn't be anywhere without um without our fantastic supporters and and, and friends and family and and anyone who who engages with the page. Yeah, and it's crazy to like think as well. The first book that we we put together, we just started on on. I think Tom was making the some of the graphics on Canva, and we we're putting the the book together on Microsoft Word. And uh, a lot has changed since then, and uh, a lot's going to change into the future. And we're yeah, just going to keep working on uh, on trying to to make the books better and better and better as we uh, continue moving forward. Well, I mean, that's just about enough reminiscing for, for one day, I think, before we all get misty-eyed. We thought that we'd just take a look, a look back at the, the profiles from, from volumes one to three that, that myself and Steve have, have, have penned uh, and see how those players have got on, but, but also why it was those specific players that we picked for those volumes. Steve, in volume one, you had Stanley and Soki, Jefferson Soteldo, James Madison, and I believe Ferran Torres. I had Victor Sihankov and Kevin Mbabu in Volume 1. Steve, I mean, you've got f- four players there, four very different stylistic approaches, you know, from James Madison to, to Stanley and Soki, for example. Um, why was it those sort of, why was it those four lads that, that you picked for, for the first or the inaugural um, print edition of the Scouted Football Handbook to, to write about? Well, I'm kind of like a little bit of a the, the jack of all trades um, in that we've kind of put the list together. And then we kind of assign who we want or think should write them. And then the ones that people don't want to do, I kind of put my hand up and go, let's take a, let's take on the challenge. But, um, I, yeah, watched, uh, 
bits and pieces, obviously, of all of them. Uh, Soteldo, I had seen a fair bit of at the Under-20 World Cup when uh, Venezuela came runners-up to England in 2017. Uh, Ferran Torres, I'd seen a bit of at uh, at Under-17 World Cup of the same year. Uh, Madison, obviously, playing in the Premier League, watched a, a decent amount of him. Uh, and in Soki, I'd, I'd seen quite a fair bit of at um, UEFA Youth League level, so I was pretty pretty comfortable with with covering him as well, especially uh, with Ferran and and Jefferson, uh, quite a little bit a little bit niche. And yeah, they're the players that I kind of really like covering and and uh, and bring bring someone new to the table that uh, that a lot of people might not have heard of. Soteldo has since since that uh, profile has has really kicked on with uh, Santos in Brazil and had a great year uh, as the, the dribble god in Brazil. Uh, the Venezuelan is uh, yeah, the king of dribbling in Brazil, which is awesome to see. Um, but yeah, I think they've all had yeah pretty good years, except maybe in Soki's kind of uh, not had the most opportunities that I thought he would have once he moved to, to Nice in the summer. But, but uh, yeah, they're all progressing quite well. Yeah, I mean, as you say, there were quite of a, quite a number of players there that you watched at youth level um, and, and in youth international tournaments. For me, it was um, Kevin Mbabu that who I'd watched um, at uh, youth level for what during his time at, at Newcastle, uh, and then when, when he got a move to to BSC Young Boys in, in Switzerland, um, kind of a, it looked as though it was a step back at the time, but it was essentially a step back to to go two steps forward because for two or three seasons there he was comfortably one of one of one of the best players never mind one of the best defenders um with his natural birth being at right back or right wing back um and v- victor sihankov was one that i kind of stumbled across um as he, he signed a new contract with dynamo kiev in i think 2017 and he'd already been doing quite quite good things under the radar there out in uh, out in ukraine and I, I just thought there's something about this player that, that really catches the eye. And as I watched more of him and as I started to, to see that he quite literally was, I mean, if Soteldo is the dribble god, then Sihankov is the set-piece god. His uh, his technique is is outstanding. Um, the more I, I watched of him, it became clear that he was just far too good for, for, for the Ukrainian Premier League. And if he hadn't had such a, a huge contract extension at the, at the time in 2017, then you know he probably would have left by now. Uh, I think it's it's probable that he'll leave at the end of this coming season um, because I think one of one of his big goals, being a being a Dynamo Kiev fan, is to is to win the league and to to oust Shakhtar from that from that berth that they currently hold. But in the Europa League for the past two seasons, he's been great as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's all in the profile in Volume One. It was, he's kind of a he's kind of a player that I helped indoctrinate some of my friends into as well. They kind of started to believe the hype as well. Uh, but yeah, he was he was a player that I really uh, I really enjoyed enjoyed watching. Um, who I hadn't really seen much of at youth level. It was it was only until uh, he kind of burst onto the scene in 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 the Ukrainian Premier League that, that I started to to take note. Moving on to Volume Two, uh, I profiled Sandro Tonali at Brescia, uh, Nicola Zagnolo and Georgi Chakvetadze, who uh, has been awesome since uh, moving to Belgium. Unfortunately, uh, suffered a pretty serious knee injury uh, in around March time and hasn't hasn't played since then. Uh, he's another one followed since the uh, under-19 Euros uh, that were held in Georgia a few years ago where he was absolutely fantastic. And 
I don't really hide this, but I'm a Juventus fan and, and see a lot of Tonali and uh, and Zaniolo in Serie A. And uh, last season, uh, Zaniolo absolutely killed it in his first season uh, at Roma after he arrived as part of the the Raja Nangalin deal to to send Nangalin to, to Inter. Uh, scored some crazy goals and uh, yeah, really held down a, a place in midfield. Uh, got his uh, first caps for the Azzurri and uh, and taking them well, and he'll be a fixture of the national team for for years to come. And uh, Tonali is just the graceful Pilo esque midfielder who uh, hasn't missed a beat going up from the the second division up into into Serie A, and uh, he's going to be hot property uh, in the next six to nine months as we come through the, the winter and summer transfer windows for for the, the, the bigger teams in Serie A. Yeah, I mean, Tonali has been arguably Brescia's standout player in the first you know few months of this Serie A campaign. And I mean, with them having Mario Balotelli there, you would have thought the contrary, but, he's, he, but he has been that good, Tonali. There's been a few games in particular where he's been, you know, he's been the star man running the show with that, you know, as you say, that, that Pirlo-esque, approach that he has and and there was the free kick that he scored uh in October I think it was uh away to Genoa I think I might be wrong it might be Sampdoria but there, there was a free kick that he scored which was just so daring it was from the touchline you know he just loops one over the top of the goalkeeper perhaps the keeper should do better but it just showcases the fantastic technique that that he has on offer and and I mean Steve you, you've you've touched on that um quite extensively in his in his profile in volume two and yeah I mean he's been He's been entertaining. He's been he's been great. Uh, it's been good watching him in Serie A this season, and it does look to be sort of his natural environment um, uh, as a footballer for sure. And then you profiled Ismail Assar and uh, and the cover star again, Aaron Wan Bissaka. Yeah, I did. Um, Ismail Assar was obviously at uh, Stade Rene at the time of uh, Volume Two's publication, uh, and Aaron Wan Bissaka was obviously at Crystal Palace as well. Um, who who was on the, who was lucky enough to to be on the cover. Uh, he's Wan Bissaka's 2018-19 season was probably the breakout of all breakouts. Really, he'd played a handful. I think it was eight games uh, this season previous, uh, mainly due to injury. And then in throughout preseason, uh, he kind of established himself as the the go-to man at right back for Crystal Palace, which I'm sure that most people listening to this won't need reminding of. I mean, his tackling statistics throughout the, the throughout last season were fantastic, and you know he really held together that. That, that Crystal Palace defence at times and with, with his recovery runs as well. Uh, but Ismail Assar was was probably the more interesting to write because, I mean, he's, he's an attacking player, you know, a, a right winger. They're always more intriguing to, to watch. Um, and it was just, he has this, he's very tall, but he's also very quick and he's got a good first touch, which sometimes lets him down because he's too enthusiastic and he's always trying to to try the next thing before he's actually got it under his control. But when he actually thinks about it, he's he's uh, he's very good and very considered. Um, but he uh, he got a move for ooh, was it in the range of fifteen to twenty million to Watford in the summer. Um, so I was hoping to see a bit more of him in the Premier League this season, but that hasn't been the case as of yet. Um, but I mean, he's still 21, 22 years old, so there's, there's time there. There's time for sure. Just bringing it back to uh, the players that you profiled, though, Steve, um, there's one there that I'm not very familiar with um, that I, f- I feel like a lot of people won't be either. And that's Georgi Chakvitadze, who, I mean, you can correct me on my pronunciation as well. Um, but, I mean, who who is he as a player? Yeah, I can't say I'm an expert on the uh, on the Georgian language. But, uh, yeah, he's a, a lovely left-sided uh, player, loves to cut inside, 
awesome dribbler, really tight in in, in transition, and uh, and uh, yeah, finds himself on the on the score sheet on a semi regular basis. So he's not uh, the type of player that kind of gets stuck out wide and 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 doesn't have an impact. He's always uh, always drifting inside, looking to make the kill pass or to to uh, try and effort on goal. Um, but yeah, he's been he, last year before his injury, he was uh, definitely one of the best teen teenagers uh, in Belgium and uh, had a few bigger clubs lining up to, to scout him. There was uh, a big story about uh, Barcelona scouting him, I think, early, uh, late last year or early this year. But uh, yeah, still waiting for him to, to come back now from his injury. But hopefully it hasn't uh, been too much of a disruption and he can uh, get back to the to the level and better than of uh, what he was doing before. And there's an interesting little bit in in the profile as well that says uh, Georgi Chakvitadze scored uh, the first goal in UEFA Nations League history. So that's a, a nice little fact. Yeah, he scored uh, five, I think it is, in his first seven games for for Georgia. Uh, I think most of them were in the, the Nations League too, and there was a couple of uh, tidy screamers, I think, uh, I think amongst those as well. And just briefly moving on to uh, Volume 3, uh, we've already done a podcast for, for our Volume 3 launch, um, but the players that, that myself and Steve covered in there were the likes of Milo Rashica, uh, William Saliba, Seku Koita, Marcus Antonio, Awamabil, um, João Philippe, or also known as Jota. But as I say, we, we've done a podcast on that, so we won't, uh, we won't duplicate the effort there. Um, just bringing Tom back in, um, earlier this year, we, uh, in fact, only a couple of months ago, we gave the website a bit of a revamp uh, and we've been posting a few a few pieces on there, here and there, every every week or so. Um, the latest one being uh, a Phil Webster piece, taking a look at Oxford United's midfielder, Shandon Baptiste, which is really fantastic. Um, it's great. It's analytical. It's really in-depth and, and it's, it's an interesting read as well. It's quite engaging. It holds your interest. Um, but just bringing Tom back in, um, sort of, would you like to pl- plug the website a bit more? Yeah, so the website's been really cool in the last couple of months because um, we've been able to go back to our roots a little bit. For me especially, you know, 2014, I kicked this uh, scouted off as just a you know an online platform for um, young writers to share their work about uh, young players. And so to be able to get back to doing that... Um, is really cool um and so yeah like you said um we've got a really cool piece up there on shannon baptiste at the moment um very old school for us very um similar to the things we were doing uh you know three or four years ago which is really cool and uh, i'm really happy to have phil on board he's great uh great writer we've got some really cool other stuff on there as well uh one piece by you joe actually which uh went down really well which i don't know if you want to chat about Quickly. Yeah, I presume you mean uh, the piece about uh, the France under seventeen midfielder uh, Adil Lachish, because uh, yeah, that that went that went down surprisingly well actually. I I wrote that because um, he was a player that I'd seen for for PSG in in the uh, UEFA Youth League, and he just stood out as a player that was way too good for that level, and then um, did very well at the UEFA uh, under seventeen Euros um, in the spring, and then has just followed up those good performances and his PSG debut with a fantastic under 17 world cup campaign. And actually the, the athletic uh, picked up on that um, at the, the under 17 uh, world cup, Jack Lang wrote a piece uh, in response to his, to his performance, which I feel like sums up his perf- his ability to, to find space quite well. 
he, he says that it is not uncommon to see him move against the tide, walking away from play to take up a position that initially looks strange and counterintuitive, then ingenious in quick succession. He is a chess master, always a couple of moves ahead, which I think is pretty pretty astute um, summary of, of the kind of player that Ashish is. Um, he's very he, he, one of the things that always struck me was that he, do, he it does seem counterintuitive the way that he finds space. He will be moving away from the ball to find that space to 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 offer for his teammates, and that became evident um, at the under seventeen World Cup, uh, in particular in the in the semi final for for the assist for I think it was. Nathaniel Mbuku, I think it was. Uh, another of the pieces on the website is, uh, Joe, obviously your exclusive interview with Rian Brewster and uh, Adam Lewis, two uh, Liverpool youngsters, um, people most familiar, obviously, with Rian. But uh, the Adam piece is a great read as well. Um, we have a couple of like legacy profiles from the... Um, old handbooks um one on diego lanez who is the cover star from uh, volume one from this year so if you haven't picked that book up yet you can get a taste of there and the other is um kieran tierney from um a few years ago i think it was the the second handbook we ever did from 2017 i believe um so look at him from his time in scotland um it's really interesting to look at um in retrospect now considering you know he's trying to save Unai Emery's job currently and yeah there's a load of good stuff up there so we are still looking for contributors to the website um still looking for you know cool unique pieces on youth football cool pieces of storytelling uh cool pieces of analysis um you can send a pitch or an idea to tom at scoutedfootball.com as ftbl.com um just let me know you know what what your idea for a piece is and I'll, I'll have a look and get back to you um we're not really looking for profile style things because we have all those in the in the printed handbooks, obviously. But any other ideas, I'm open to really. Uh, so thank you so much to everyone who's pre-ordered Volume Four so far. Uh, just wanted to give a heads up that we're expecting to ship those next week. Uh, they should be with all UK people uh, before the end of the week, before Friday, and um, obviously usual international shipping times. Um, we say. 15 to 20 business days usually um she wanted to give everyone a heads up um because we know lots of people are jumping on with the uh black friday this sale this weekend um trying out the handbooks for the first time um so that's uh that's a bit of admin from me and that'll be friday the 6th of december for, for uk orders yeah it, it should be it should be with people that week um monday to friday I can't say when we're going to stagger um, shipments just to keep things manageable. But uh, as always, you'll get a confirmation email when it goes out and expect it very soon after. Brilliant. That all sounds great. Um, I mean, I know me and Steve, we both want to extend our thanks because Tom, you're kind of the, the man behind all the, the shipping and handling operations. And, you know, it, it is it is a big effort. <laughs> and we were just discussing before that you were getting a, a hefty amount of, of deliveries, uh, which we don't want to um, damage the structural integrity of your house. Um, but yeah, thank, I just wanted to extend a huge thanks um, for undertaking all that shipping, handling, packaging, sending, and everything that goes in between that, that you know that allows us to to do the football th- side of things. And I appreciate that, man. Yeah, and and, and of course, um, and and to everyone who who has pre-ordered so far on uh, Volume Four, and, and everyone who has um, who's 
you know, bought one of the handbooks from through volumes one to three. Um, wouldn't be able to do it without you. Um, just moving on once more, uh, myself and Steve, we, uh, we've we been looking at the feedback that we've been getting uh, on the likes of Apple Podcasts and, and that sort of thing. Uh, and there was a suggestion of a player to watch feature uh, over the next two or three weeks, um, which we thought was, was quite good. Um, for me personally, uh, I was looking at uh, a player that I've, I mean, I've been really impressed with this season, uh, who I think I've spoke about on a previous pod, but it's Dejan Kulusevski at Parma. Uh, he's on loan there, 19 years old, playing on the right wing um, for Roberto Davesta's side. Uh, he's been involved in eight Serie A goals already this season, which is his debut Serie A campaign. A good carrier. Uh, he's physical enough to hold his own in the final third and, and he works well at bringing others into play, uh, as well as having recently made his senior international debut for Sweden. The reason that he would be a player to watch over the next few weeks is that he's playing Milan and Napoli. Uh, as well as uh, Sampdoria, who are in the relegation zone, so there's a main, there's a big opportunity to, imp- to impress there on, on the big stage, and for for him to, to potentially get to ten goal involvements before the the winter break uh, in his debut Serie A campaign would be would be quite a quite a feat. But yeah, he's he's my suggestion. Uh, I know Steve, uh, you also have one. Yeah, I'm going to go a little bit, uh, a little bit maybe boring. I don't know, but I did say before that I liked going with the niche. But I'm going to go the opposite now. It's a player we haven't actually talked about for for a while since his big summer move. But um, Matisse De Litt has been unbelievable the last couple of weeks. Uh, copped a fair bit of uh, a bit of flack uh, for his performances after he uh, first moved to to Juve uh, in the summer. Had a few, uh, you know edgy little games and there were some question marks over how he was going to fit into Italian football, uh, how he was faring next to uh, Bonucci in defense, uh, made a couple of mistakes. He had a shocking game uh, in in his first big test of the season against Napoli uh, at the start of the season, uh, has has uh, given away a, f- a few a few penalty handballs, um, but then last last, especially this week, but last few weeks, he's really stepped it up. Uh, was Juve's best player in uh, a big win against Atalanta over the weekend. Uh, just an absolute rock. And then and then yesterday in the Champions League, uh, absolutely took over the game as well with a few uh, crucial interventions. And and there was this one Giorgio Chiellini-like moment where he made this uh, this block uh, and then just got up and, and celebrated it like it was a goal. And it just straight away, Chiellini and Buffon were, were doing that back in the day. Um, so yeah, he's really starting to to come into his own now. Looks exactly the same player he was last season uh, at Ajax, and he's going to be a really important piece in the the Champions League puzzle for Juventus moving forward. Okay, so we are going to leave it there for this week's pod. Uh, it has been our Volume 4 launch episode with thanks to Steve and to Tom for both joining me on this one. Tom, we didn't even mention that it was your pod debut, but you know, it's been it's been a stellar performance. You know, I think you'll probably get more minutes in future. Um, yeah, we've covered quite a few topics there, uh, not least of all the Volume 4, and, and, and big thanks to everyone who's already made their pre-orders for that. Um, thanks again for... for allowing us to bring you you know, 100 profiles over the past year um, of players that we're really intrigued by, that we really love to watch, and, and we're glad that, that everyone engages with it. 
Um, but yeah, big thanks to to Steve. Big thanks to Tom. Thanks for thanks for coming on today. Pleasure as always, Joe. Thanks for having me, Joe. Big uh, big honour. A pleasure as always. Thank you for listening. Please engage with the pod. You know, leave us a, leave us a review, five stars preferably if you think it merits it. Uh, and uh, you know, keep engaging with us on the Twitter and uh, check out our, our new Reddit as well. Um, we have been the Scouted Football Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next week.